everybody. Welcome to Urban. So glad you guys are here. You guys glad to be here today? Yeah. Come on. Welcome to uh, Connection Weekend at Urban. Turn your Bibles today, if you would, to uh, the book of Luke. It's in the New Testament, one of the Gospels, the book of Luke. And uh, we are going to jump right into today's message. We've been doing a series entitled The Blessed Life. Uh, we are three weeks into that. As you saw in the news, if you want to catch up on that, uh, you can go to our website and do that. Uh, week one, we just began to lay out what is the biblical definition of the blessed life. What does that mean? A lot of people think it just means wealth or money, but we began to lay out a biblical definition of what it means to be blessed. And the last week we talked about one of the greatest principles in living the blessed life, and that principle is give. And it wasn't just talking about financial giving, but it was talking about giving of your time, giving of your talents. What ways can you give? And as you give, it continues the blessed life for you. Now, I ask this question every week so far. How many of you out there would say your life is blessed? Just raise your hand. You would say you're blessed. Come on. <clears throat> that's, a, that's, that's a lot of it. How many would say that you would like to be more blessed, though? Okay, good, good. Now, without fail, once again, every week, there's less and less hands that go up for that second one. But what you're going to learn is it's okay to want to be more blessed. And today, we're going to continue looking at the Bible and continue to discover the ways uh, that we can be blessed and as well as be a blessing to others. And so, uh, right before I read Luke, uh, in Luke chapter 5, I'm going to read to you Acts chapter 2. So if you want to hold your thumb there and go over to Acts chapter 2, or you can look on at the screens with me. And we're going to read Luke 2, 42 through 47. I believe Luke 2, 42 through 47 is a great snapshot of what God wants the New Testament church to look like. And therefore, it's what you and I should look like. Luke 2, 42. And it says this, and they, actually, yeah, Acts, excuse me. Acts 2, 42. It says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and all th had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor all people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I believe that's a great snapshot of the community of the church and what it should look like. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. It reads, On one of those days, he, Jesus, was teaching. Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. The word paralyzed means to be brought to a place of stoppage or inability to act for oneself. And they were seeking to bring him and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd... They went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, when he saw the faith of those who were carrying him, when he saw the faith of those who were surrounding him, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins 
are forgiven you or say, rise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he arose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. And Jesus saw their faith and said to the man, let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that God, you would speak to each individual in this place. God, I pray that this word would not just be for the gathering, but God, this word would be for the individual. God, it would touch our hearts, and God, it would transform us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 One day, Adam was walking through the garden, and he kind of looked down, and uh, kind of depressed, and so God showed up to Adam and said, Adam, what is wrong with you? You, you look like you're just moping around, and, and Adam just is like, well, God, I, I don't have anyone to talk with down here. I don't have any friends. I don't have any, any companions, and so I'm just I'm kind of lonely, God. And God said, you know, I'm going to make for you a woman, and she's going to be your companion, and she will cook for you. Come on, somebody. Well... She will clean up all the dishes after she made dinner. She will never argue with you. She will agree with every word you say. And when you want love and companionship, she's just going to say yes every single time. She'll never complain about a headache. <laughs> Adam said, God, well, what will a woman like that cost me? And God said, an arm and a leg. Adam thought for a minute and said, what, what can I get for a rib? <laughs> and the rest is history. All right. <laughs> Ever since the beginning of time, there has been a longing inside of humanity for companionship, for, for fellowship, for friendship, for relationship. Okay? It, it's been there in us. It's something that God designed us with, and, and it's really meant to lead us to have companionship with him, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, but that desire is there. And so every one of us sitting here today, we have a longing to have companionship, not just intimacy, not just marriage, not just that kind, but to have friends, to have people that, that we can lean on in times of trouble, to have somebody we can call when, come on, your wife isn't listening to you or your husband, come on, somebody. To have somebody that we can call on, to have somebody we can go to that God designed us to be living life with a body of believers. God designed us to be living life in a community. And today I want to talk to you about the blessed life being blessed inside of community. Last week we talked about the blessed life in, in, in giving. As you give, man, God just continues to give back to us. And it might not come in the exact way we think, but man, you can never outgive God. And when God sees a giver, he wants to bless that person because he knows they're going to continue to give. But here's something you got to know about giving is that there are times that we are in need. And there are times when we need to be given to. And I'm telling you, there's no better place to be able to give to somebody and receive from somebody than in a community. And so I want to talk to you real quickly about being blessed in community. In Acts chapter 2, uh, we see this, this picture laid out, what I believe is a great snapshot of the New Testament church. 
you see giving involved there. They were bringing all of their possessions and, and they were selling stuff and they were giving to each one as they had need. They were making sure that no one was left out. It's a great picture of the church. We also see that they devoted themselves to what we would, we would call the, the church, that they were there listening to the teaching of the word, much like you're doing today. And this, this what we do on Sunday morning, is, is a part of that. But there's also a part that we see as it goes on that they were meeting in house to house and they were breaking bread with one another and there was this deeper element of community. And I believe God wants that for his church. I believe that God wants that for Urban. And we see that here in Acts chapter 2. In a community, you have those that can bless and you also have those that are in need of receiving the blessing. And it keeps things flowing. And every single one of us will find us in one of those positions throughout our life, and it can change. We could be the giver, but yet at times we'll also be the one in need. And right here, within the church, God wants to meet those needs. In Luke chapter 5, uh, it's, it's really one of my favorite stories, not just in the context of community, but it's really one of my favorite stories in the Bible because there's so much in this text. There's so many things we could look at. We could look at the fact that the place where Jesus was teaching and preaching, the place was packed. It was full. So full that that people that tried to get into the, the crowd could not because the crowd was so massive. I think there's great principles there that if we understand this, if we continue to preach and teach the word of God, he will continue to bring the people because he knows what's being taught is truth. Jesus was there. He was in the house. And not only that, the Bible says that, that the Spirit of the Lord was present upon him to heal people. And I believe that that is another great snapshot, that the church is a place where people can come for healing. So many things, and we see that Jesus then presents himself as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one that can not only forgive sins, yes, forgive sins, but also touch people in their time of need. But there's another aspect and another element that I want to talk about today in this story. And it's about these guys that brought this, this person that was paralyzed. Now picture, if you will, because uh, uh, the word paralyzed means to be brought to a place of stoppage and inability to act. This man, for whatever reason, could not move on his own. He may have heard about the gathering. He may have heard that Jesus was at this place teaching. He might have even saw people making his way there. But he himself, because of his condition, could not take himself there. And so this man had to rely on a community. This man had to rely on people when he was in his state of unable to get, uh, to get himself there. He had to rely on those he surrounded himself with to pick him up and carry him over to the place where he could be healed. Are you with me this morning? This is the picture. This is what's taking place. Great crowd. There are other people there that probably needed to be healed. Maybe they got carried as well. But the principle is this, is that he could have never got there unless he had a community to rely on. I think it's interesting to note here that as they were trying to make their way there, it was the crowd that kept them from getting to see Jesus. It was the crowd that kept them from being able to get what they needed until they found another way. But it was the community that fought their way to get in to bring the man to Jesus. So you can come to church and you can just be a part of a crowd, ladies and gentlemen. And you can pick other churches that are, have much larger crowds than what we have today. You can pick other churches that might have smaller crowds than what we have today. 
But listen to me, the point of church is not the crowd. The point of church is getting into the community that will point you to Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But what I've noticed, I've noticed this, that there is a trend a little bit in today's church to get more, to have more, to get more people. Now don't get me wrong, we want urban church to grow. We hope that you stick around and you be a part of this community and continue to reach out to others in their need as you have your needs met. Okay, so don't get me wrong, we want to see this thing grow. But my heart is not after a crowd. My heart is after those that would, that would be able to turn themselves towards Jesus Christ. And if that happens in a larger setting, so be it. If it happens in a smaller setting, so be it. But never let the crowd hold you back. Get yourself into a community that will help get you to Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? They were being held back by the crowd, but the community, the, the people that he was with carried him in. Let me give you the definition of community, and then I'll just give you a few things real quickly. The definition of community, it's a social, religious, occupational, or other group sharing common characteristics or interests. And perceived or perceiving itself as distinct in some respect from the larger society within which it exists. If you want to get closer to Jesus Christ, Church is a great place to come, okay? If you're wanting to have the Holy Spirit work on your life, then being a part of a church community, it's a great place to start. Are you with me this morning? That's what we share in common. Look, you know, we might, we might not all share the music in common, although, come on, wasn't that worship great today? We might not all share the exact theological stance in common. We might not all love basketball like I do. Come on, somebody. And our team is starting up next Monday, and we're going to win the whole thing this time. We're not going to be 2-11 and 11 ever again. Come on, somebody. Maybe if you'd come and cheer us on, we would do better. Okay. But what we do hold in common is that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the way, the truth, the life, and no one's going to get to heaven except through him. And so what we do as a community is we continue to push our focus and interest on him and him alone. And as we do that, listen to me, Jesus has been, is today, and always will be the answer. If you find yourself sick, you know what the Bible says, call for the elders, and they'll come and they'll lay their hands on you, pray the prayer of faith that it will heal the sick. Who are we praying to? We're praying to God through Jesus under the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus comes, by his stripes you're already made well. That in him is the answer. And so we point everybody to Jesus. Are you with me today? So we have this common interest. We, we are a community. But within the church, as we begin to grow, I believe what we're going to begin to see. And today, I invite you to stick around. Check out the community groups that are launching. Is it going to stop with those? No. In, in 10 weeks, we'll launch some more and we'll keep growing. But what we want to do is we want to help people, not just on Sunday morning, but throughout the week, find their life in Jesus. How are you blessed in community? Let me just give you a couple things real quickly. How are you blessed in community? Number one, you're blessed in community because you have people who will, number one, they will carry you. They will carry you. They will carry you. Notice once again, this man did not get to the place on his own. This man got to the place because there were four guys that were willing to pick him up and carry him. Okay? Now, now picture it because if, if just one guy would have been willing to do that. He might have been able to get him there, but it would have been a little more difficult, right? Have you ever picked up dead weight before? Okay? I'm not saying anyone here is dead weight, but, okay? 
but in a community, not just a friendship, not just one person walking with you. Man, they can help you, but man, sometimes it's difficult to put that, that person over your shoulder and carry them to where they need to go. But as you surround yourself with a community, several people, then, man, we can all pitch in and we can all grab a corner and we can all help each other out and we can help get this guy to where he needs to go. Because he surrounded himself with a community, his life was blessed because he had people that would carry him. Hmm. I know there's times in my life where I felt like giving up. Has anybody ever felt like giving up before? Giving up on your marriage, giving up on your finances, giving up on your job, giving up on something. And I remember not too long ago, there was a time right before we started this church, and I believe it was the process that God took me through. But as we were still living in Vegas, there was a season that my wife and I were going through, and and I was just wrestling with things. And I came to this place where I was like, God, I don't want to be in ministry anymore. I don't want to be a pastor. Come on, I want to be a hot dog vendor. Because that's easy. What would you like? Hot dog, ketchup, or mustard? There you go. Okay. I can fulfill somebody's requirements. But I remember I came to this place where I, I didn't want to be in ministry. I, I didn't desire to be in ministry. I just, I just wanted to leave it all. And I remember having this conversation with my wife. I said, babe, let's just pack everything up. Let's sell everything we have. And let's just go move in with your parents and ride horses. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and I remember wrestling with that. And it was almost as something died in me. But you know what the Bible says? Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it can't, it can't bear fruit. Now, I didn't know at that moment that's what I was going through. I literally wanted to give up. I wasn't being all spiritual like, oh, this is the seed dying. <laughs> but I will, I will hold on because much fruit is going to come. I wasn't being all spiritual. I was literally at a place where, you know what, I'm done. But because I had a great wife and some great friends, they were just like, Ben, no, come on. Man, stick this out. And I remember there was a point where they had to carry me. And if they had not carried me, this church wouldn't exist right now. But because I surrounded myself with people, because I surrounded myself with the community, I had people that spoke faith into me, that spoke life into me, and that said, man, we can do this. Now, I don't know about you, but in those moments when you feel down, I don't need anybody coming to me and pointing out how bad things are. Okay? If that's the community you have around you, swap it out for a new one. I don't need anybody. You, you know, you have those, those, you ever watched football or basketball and they have the guy that's narrating the whole thing? What do they call him? A commentator. Yeah, and he's commentating, you know, and, and number th- you know, 33, Johnson, he shoots, ah, he scores, you know, whatever. There are people like that sometimes in our life. They come up with like, oh, dude, your life is bad right now. Oh, dude, it's only going to get worse before it gets better, hopefully, <laughs> you know. And there's those people that they just have, an, the, you know, the knack of announcing the obvious, right? I mean, you come to them, and you know, like, man, this is what's going on in my life. Will you pray for me? Wow, that is really bad. I don't, I don't need that. I don't need you to tell me how bad it is. I'm telling you how bad it is, right? I mean, could you imagine if, if the guy was like, hey, help me, I'm paralyzed. Like, wow, dude, you can't get there. That's a bummer. Dude, how are you going to get there? I mean, this is a horrible situation. I mean, over there, maybe you'll get healed here, nothing. Man, sucks to be you, you know? I don't want those people. I want people that are going to be like, you know what? Come on, we're, we're going to get there together. And that they'll grab a corner of my mat and they'll continue to carry me to that place where I can find the healing, I can find the restoration, I can find the blessings that come from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Huh. You know, when my daughters get hurt, 
I don't, I don't run over and be like, oh, you're such a dummy. Should have never done that. What are you thinking? What do I do, man? I, I, I pull them in and be like, hey, I'm going to help you. I'm going to take care of you. This man had those people around him. You're blessed in community because you have people that will carry you. Ecclesiastes 4.10 paints a wonderful picture of this. That two are better than one because one falls down, the other can come and help him pick him up and get him to where he needs to go. But you've got to be a part of a community. Number two, how are we blessed in community? Number two, they will point you in the right direction. They will point you in the right direction. Notice this, that these guys weren't just trying to get him to be a part of the crowd. The Bible says they wanted to take him to Jesus. They wanted to lie him before Jesus. So much so that they didn't let the crowd stop them. See, too many people will will get us to the crowd. But a community will take you beyond the crowd, point you in the right direction, and get you to Jesus. That's why we need to make sure we're surrounding ourselves with the right people. These people had the right direction because they, were, they wanted to get him to Jesus. Hmm. There are times, you know, that when I think I'm heading in the right direction, and whether it be personally for my life or, or whether it be for our family uh, or, or whether it be for the church, but you know what we've done? We've surrounded ourselves with some great leaders. And every other Tuesday night we meet as 10 of us and we, we pray for the church. And I, and I share this is what I believe God's saying for the church. And we look at those things and we talk about it. Why? So that we can make sure that I'm being pointed in the right direction. So that it's not just me running around blind. Because the Bible says, how can the blind lead the blind? There's safety in community. There's safety in that because, man, when, when you think you're going in the right direction and someone comes up and just says, ah, nope, wrong direction. Okay? You know the reality is all of us have blind spots. You know, like when you're driving a car, and you look in the rearview mirrors and, and, you know, all that stuff, and you can see, but what are you supposed to do before you change lanes? Check your blind spot, okay? All of us in our life, we have blind spots. None of us want to admit we have blind spots. None of us like to think about the fact we have blind spots. But we all have blind spots. And I'm telling you what, when you have a community of people around you, man, they can help point out your blind spots. Let's just be honest, nobody likes that, though, do they? Nobody likes it at the moment. I mean, let me ask you this. How many of you guys are single in here? Raise your hand. You're not married. Don't be shy. It's okay. Okay, leave your hand up. Now look around. Find somebody that's single and go meet them. I'm just kidding. Okay? You're in that season and that's fine. But can I tell you something? A great thing to do is to surround yourself with a support system. Because when you meet somebody and you're like, oh, I'm in love. Somebody else can come and say, that's great, but have you noticed this about the person? You know the old saying, love is blind? Obviously it was, because my wife married me. So, But how love is blind, you, you don't see things about people or what's going on. And you ever had somebody come up and say, you know what, this is what I noticed? And it just kind of stings for a moment. <laughs> but later on, come on, if you listen to the wisdom, you're happy, Okay whether it's a financial decision, whether it's a ministry decision, relational decision, when you are in community, man, the community will point you in the right direction. Point you in the, they wanted to get this guy to one place, and that place was Jesus. How are you blessed in community? Number three, you're blessed in community because number three, 
They will not give up. They will not give up. A community of like-minded people, of Christians that you surround yourself with, in those moments when you feel like giving up, in those moments that you face opposition, they will surround you and help you not give up because they won't give up on you. And I think that's a pretty cool thing. I think that's a cool thing to have people around you that say, hey, look, I know this looks tough, but we're going we're gonna to get through this together. It's those people that when you hit hard times and they bail on you, and you look around, you're like, wow, I thought, all of a sudden you get through the tough time and they're like back. You're like, whoa, that was different. No, you want people that are going to get in the trenches with you and they're going to walk through this tough thing with you. Are you with me today? This is a community. We're painting a picture of the church right now, ladies and gentlemen. This is the way God intended it to be, that you would not have to walk through. Now, ultimately, you have him. You have the Holy Spirit, yes, okay? But how many know it's nice to have somebody else walking through that journey with you? Come on. Whether it's a success or whether it's a failure or whether it's a difficult time, to have people, man, that are going to stick it out no matter what. They will not give up. These guys did not give up because of the crowd. In Mark, I think it's Mark chapter 2, the parallel story to this, it says they ripped the roof off. Think about the language they're using there. They were aggressive. They got there. The crowd was there. It would have been so easy just to say, oh, maybe next time. Okay? That would have been easy to do. But because he had a community of people around him, they said, no, no, we're going to find a way in. And they found themselves up on the roof. And Mark says they ripped the roof off. That's some people that won't give up on you. Are you with me today? That's why it's so vital we come to church. That's why the Bible talks about don't forsake the gathering of the saints together. It's not just that there's some magical power here. Yes, the Holy Spirit is here because the Bible says wherever two or three are gathered together in his name, he is there. But also sometimes, man, you just need someone to confront you on something. I hate that part. You need someone to get into your business and point out your blind spots. You need some people that are going to come alongside and say, look, man, you're messing up, but I'm not going to give up on you. Come on, let's get this thing right. Rip off some roofs for you so that you can get pointed in the right direction to Jesus. Number four, how am I blessed in community? You will have people, number four, they will not be prejudiced. They will not be prejudiced. Think about how easy it would have been. This man has been laying there for a really long time. We don't know the last time he bathed. He's paralyzed. We don't know if he can roll over, may have had bed sores. It's just not a pretty picture. But these guys did not care about his junk. The only thing they cared about was that Jesus was in the house. Come on now. And if Jesus is there, he can touch this man. And they didn't have prayers. They didn't pick and choose. Well, ah, he's, he's a little dirty. Got some bed sores. Oh, here's a guy. He's just hobbling. Let's not take the paralyzed guy. Let's take the hobbler, okay? And they didn't hobble a guy to Jesus. Come on, somebody. They carried the guy to Jesus. They picked him up. They did not have prejudice. They did not look at his situation and say, uh-huh, I'm not sure about that one. Maybe let's, maybe let's pick a different one. A community, man, it doesn't matter what the situation looks like. It doesn't matter. Let me me put it to you this way. I think we all have people in our life that when, let's just take me, for instance, my father passed away 
uh, almost two years ago now. And that was a tough season for me. That was rough. And I had people that came around me, and man, that community, and they were there for me, and they supported me, and they loved on me, and they helped me through that moment. And we all have people like that because, man, that's a difficult time. But a community not only helps in those situations, they're not prejudiced, a community. What if, what if I messed up morally? God forbid. Would the community be there? Would the same people that picked me up and carried me when my father passed away be there to pick me up and carry me because I made a stupid decision? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? That's a community. A community doesn't prejudice and say, oh man, that's a rough situation. Let's help this personnel. Let's, you know. But no matter what they're going through, no matter what challenge they face, no matter what difficult time came, man, let's pick them up. Are you with me today? And let's carry them through that. Don't pick and choose the situations. Yes, there's tough love. Yes, there's times, you know, where love is tough, but you don't stop loving them. There's times when someone passes away and the love shows up in compassion. There's times when somebody blows it and does something stupid and love shows up. Are you with me? And says, well, you've got a big blind spot right now. Okay? It's still love, though. And let that love flow. Let that love come. Lastly, and we'll conclude here. Lastly, number five. We're blessed in community. Because we have people around us, they will show compassion. They will show compassion. They will show compassion. People that will love you and show compassion and be sympathetic to the situation. Tough love sometimes. Compassionate love others, but, but they're compassionate. Even when you've blown it, they're still compassionate. That was really dumb, but I'm not going to leave you. How do we know that these guys were compassionate? Now look at this. They not only made their way up on the roof and tore off the roof, they see Jesus, but what did they do? They lowered the man down on his mat. Now I don't know how, how far down it was, but I, I picture something like this, and maybe it was lower, not as high, but, but just think now, a hole being torn right open right now in the middle of service, because there's so many people, come on at Urban, come on somebody. It's going to happen. And the roof gets torn open right as I'm preaching. And, and all of a sudden we look up and there's four guys up there and a paralyzed guy. And we're looking. Now, they did not come prepared. They were shocked by the crowds. I don't know where they came up with the lowering mechanism. But think about the community he had surrounded himself with. These people were like, we're going to find a way. We're going to rip off the roof. What's next? I don't know. But we're going to find a way. And they made something, they found some stuff, and they lowered him down for one reason, to get to Jesus, because they wanted to point him in the right direction. Now, you know these guys were compassionate because they lowered him down. Think about it. The guy's already paralyzed. They could have just dropped him down. Has anybody else thought about that? I mean, it's not like we can do much more damage. He's paralyzed. Just, just forget making the Lord. Let's just <laughs> am I the only one that's thought about that? Maybe I am, but that's crossed my mind a couple times. Like, just go. We love you, buddy. You know. Hmm. 
No, they lowered him. Why? Because they were compassionate. They were compassionate. And you want people like that in your life that aren't just like, but man, let's, let's get them to Jesus. Let's get them to that place. Let's get them before. In a community, you have people that will carry you. You have people that will point you in the right direction like these guys. You have people that won't give up on you. You have people that will not be prejudiced, and you have people that will show compassion. And look at what the Bible says. The Bible says, and Jesus saw their faith and said to the man, your sins are forgiven you. Think about how powerful that is. Think about how powerful it is when you don't have the ability to get to Jesus yourself. When you don't have the ability to get through your circumstance yourself, you don't even have the faith maybe to get there, but you've surrounded yourself with the right people. You've gotten involved in a community, and in a community there's blessing, and the blessing didn't come because of the man. The blessing came because Jesus saw the community's faith and said to the man, hey, your sins are forgiven you. Rise, take up your bed, and go home. That is the power of community. That when we are walking through some difficulty and we are walking through a situation and maybe we can't overcome it because we're paralyzed. No, we're not paralyzed in the natural, but maybe we're paralyzed because of a situation or a circumstance that has happened in our life and we can't seem to get over that circumstance and we can't seem to get over that situation and and we can't seem to find God in the middle of it. But then the community comes and says, you know what, I'm going to help get you there. And Jesus sees our faith and says to the man, hey, I'm going to meet you today. I'm going to take care of you today. I'm going to help you out today. Because of the community's faith, the man was blessed. Because of the community's faith, the man was healed. Because of the community's faith, the man's sins were forgiven. In a community, sometimes you're the one carrying the mat, and sometimes you're the guy on the mat. And that is what's so powerful about a community. That is what's so powerful about a church. If you come to church here and you're looking around thinking, well, they, they, don't, they don't have what I need here or they don't have what I want here, please go back and pray and ask God first, God, is this the church you want me to be at? Because the church isn't always about what you need. Sometimes the church is about the corner of the mat you're carrying for somebody else. But too often times we look at the church as, 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 okay, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. And, and, they don't, and, and, and here's what happens. You end up going, going, looking, looking, looking. But the reality is the whole time God has a place for you because the place he has for you is not the, just the place you can receive, but it's the place you can give. It's the place where I can pick up a corner of the mat and Katie can pick up a quarter and Brandon and, and Mel and we can just say, let's get this person. But here's the thing, think about it. Think of one person would have said, I don't feel like carrying that guy's mat today. It would have been more difficult. Somebody would have had to carry two corners. Think about if two people would have said no and how much difficulty they would have had in carrying that mat to Jesus. Think about how difficult it is sometimes when you say, I, I don't feel like being a part of that today. I don't feel like helping out. I don't feel like God not only calls you to a community so that you can be blessed, God calls you to a community so that you can be a blessing. So that sometimes you're the guy on the mat, and sometimes you're the one carrying the mat. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word brings life. Your word brings correction. God, your word brings encouragement. 
God, I thank you that today there are those that are sitting in this place, Lord, that they need to be the one on the mat. God, they're walking through a difficult situation. God, they're walking through a difficult time. And Lord, today I thank you that we could somehow come alongside them as a community and say, look, we're here for you. We'll help carry the mat. We'll help get you through this situation. We'll help get you through this circumstance. Don't don't give up. Don't give up on God. Don't quit. We're not going to let you quit. And God, I thank you there are those that are here today that are saying, man, I'm ready. Let, let, me, let me get a corner. Let me, pick up a, let me pick up a side. I want to help carry somebody to Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 The whole point was so they could get him before Jesus. The whole point of community in church is to get you to Jesus. Your marriage is struggling, get to Jesus. Your finances are struggling, get to Jesus. Your health isn't, isn't looking good, get to Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And in him there's life and life more abundant. Hallelujah. 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 As your eyes are closed, your heads are bowed, I want you to think about this as we close right now. Where are you at in this journey? Where are you at in this process? Are you a part of the crowd? Or have you plugged in a little deeper and sung and be a part of the community? Because there's times when I'm in need and there's times I can give. 